Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, we're back from outer space. It's um, amazing to be back. I feel like I've been off for ages because we haven't recorded for a while, have we? Yeah, people won't know that, I guess. But yeah, oh, been yeah, because we're just here every week, even though we're not. Sort <laughs> yeah. of. And we got to meet up again, didn't we? Got to go and climb some trees and stuff. That was fun. And so we're back and we are going to talk today about transitions because we have this really interesting period of um well transition from from the summer to the autumn or fall for our american listeners yeah, i started saying that oh hang on a minute is that in canada as well no oh i don't know actually so maybe i should say for our north american listeners just to cover <laughs> my ass um so yeah we're going to talk about that but um before we do just a little um a very quick uh, rallying cry. So I'm looking for women. <laughs> looking for looking women. For women. Who, <laughs> full stop. Just full stop. Any women who might want to uh, join a wonderful small coaching group that's going to start in October. So we're going to run October, November, December, just into January. So covering all of the interesting bits, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year. Uh, so if you're somewhat alcohol-free, uh, had a spell alcohol free, kind of want to stay that way. You might have been rocked over the summer period with data points or whatever, but you have that knowing that you want to remain alcohol free, then click the link that will be with the podcast, book a call with me and come and have a chat about joining this um, this small group. It's going to be maximum of seven women in a group. And it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun, but it's also a really lovely place to explore Um you know, all, all, the st- all of the first stuff and be kind of held through that really interesting period, uh, but also do a lot of deep inner work, which is very revelatory. Sounds epic. So, yeah. So I'm very excited. It's um, my favourite thing to do, these small groups. So um, if, if it feels like, if you feel that kind of like urge, then get in touch because they fill up quick. So that's it. That's the first thing. Second thing is I'm just going to reorient myself to sun my legs. It's sunny outside, Sam. I've had to pull the blind down. I've decided, I think I'd rather, it's sad because I'm not getting any natural light, but um, rather than sit here and cook, which is weird considering it's September, the whatever it is that we're cooking in the UK. That's that's odd. Yeah. There's all sorts of odd things happening, including I, um, I went to let the dogs out the other night and I turned got like a little light that's on the, the the back patio and I am not fucking kidding you there was a spider the size of my hand yeah mate They're whole everywhere. hand They're everywhere it's weird it's, it's been a real spidery summer but then like this so I I've literally this morning I've gone around and peppermint sprayed my whole house is that what they don't like they don't like they don't like peppermint spray and, and believe me, I've tried all of the things over the years, and that's the one thing that does work um, nice. somewhat. So there you go. Top tip. So this episode is going to be full of top tips, including how to rid your house of spiders 
and how to navigate this interesting transition from the lovely summer to the lovely autumn slash fall. Yeah. So that's it. Well, it and it is a, like a bit of a mad one because here we are, September the 5th or whatever it is. Don't know what day it'll be when this goes out. And uh, it's warm, but very, very soon, before we know it, we're really into kind of autumn building up to Christmas mode. We'll be walking around the shops and uh, wham will be uh, the soundtrack <laughs> to everybody's life. And uh, yeah, like how it's kind of weird. It kind of comes upon us quite quickly. And um, I think we, yeah, I think it's really worth talking about, actually, because I think a few of us, we can kind of get caught up in that quite quick. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to put something together that might be a bit helpful, didn't we? We did. And and there's different facets to this. So one of the reasons, or one of the things that's kind of prevalent right now is kids have gone back to school. Way! <laughs> so it's been a long, a long six weeks of arguing and infighting. Um, also, some lovely moments both meeting Sam and spend a lot of time at the beach. So it, it's mostly been wonderful. Me. Say again? Mostly meeting me. Yeah, mostly meeting you and <laughs> making you get your face painted, which was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's quite, a, it's quite a change, like to have the kids off, especially when you've got three of them, to have them off and all there all the time for six yeah. weeks. And edging towards that, them going back to school, starting to realise how much they've grown, like particularly my littlest one. Wow, like she's changed again and she's much taller and she's, well, they all are. They're all becoming these little beings, uh, moving, you know, edging towards adolescence and independence. Like it's it's really interesting to watch. But then that evokes stuff, right, because you then start to, and feel like clinging to the you know how they were mm. uh so so that's kind of interesting to watch and then there's the the very real like they go to school so they went back to school yesterday and you're like you know punching the air because you're finally going to be able to you know have some peace and quiet for a small amount of the day and then i came back yesterday from dropping them off and it's like wow it's like really quiet really quiet and none of these things are good or bad it's just like there's there's changing circumstances everything's transitional so it just feels like it's a really pertinent conversation because so many of us whether you have kids or not you're going to be feeling some shift maybe you're going back to work and you don't you're not feeling enamored about going back to work or maybe you're going back to work and you're thrilled about it maybe you are desperate to get some routine back i feel a little bit like that or maybe you actually preferred the you know the fact everything's thrown up in the air during the summer and you don't like to have the restriction of the routine so all, all of it's a really interesting exploration and particularly for those people that are listening that are navigating kind of like the early days of being alcohol free and especially if you're headed towards your first autumn or fall alcohol free then some things some feelings will certainly be coming up and what we want to be able to do is just offer some contemplation of what might be happening and some guidance as to what you can do uh, or not do to ease the process yeah yeah i love it and i think a lot of people as well you know we live in a country where you know the nights draw in it starts it's dark by half past three 
um, four o'clock, like in when December or whenever it is, right? And so I think a lot of people, they can kind of not kind of, maybe not look forward to this <laughs> period of time and they start to think, ah, you know, we talk about seasonal affective disorder and all this kind of stuff. And I think it's it's actually really worth talking about, again, something we've spoken about a few times, which is what is it that we're actually feeling? Like, what is it that we're actually experiencing? Because there are plenty of people out there for whom they freaking love Christmas. They love this time of year. They kind of, they love that they get to kind of cozy up on the sofa and do, and you know, whatever it is that they do. There's other people that feel completely different about that and they much prefer the summer, et cetera, right? So there's all these different experiences going on. So it's worth just, I think here, the conscious transition thing is important because a lot of people can feel um, powerless about what's going to happen, I think. And I think it's that's that's innocent because it very much looks like as the seasons change, as the nights draw in, whatever it is that's going on. I mean, if anyone in Australia, it's going to be the total bloody opposite. It's going to like, you know, you're going to be getting hot, right? If yeah, sorry, think, Australia. <laughs> yeah. If we think we're at the whim of the season change, if we think that what we're feeling is that, um, then we will feel powerless. We'll feel disempowered by what's happening. But we're not. We're feeling the story that we have. Like, I'm not denying that it gets darker. I'm not denying that, you know, Christmas is in December and all that kind of stuff. But we have much more creative power than we realize. Um, and it comes from the fact that, you know, we we have probably have a whole bunch of beliefs and assumptions and it always goes like this and all that kind of stuff, the kind of stuff that we innocently play. Um, perhaps things that have happened in and around that time that, you know, were difficult or were challenging. And for as long as we carry that, it may very well feel like, well, that that's where our experience is coming from. But we can, but in, in understanding how it works, we can have a completely different experience of Christmas, like it does, or, or winter or whatever. It doesn't, doesn't have to be the way it's always been. Mm. Um, so I, I just think that's why it's so powerful to kind of have this conversation and look in this direction now. Mm, it is. You reminded me when you were talking of there was a lady in one of our past path classes. So we both coach the, the path with this naked mind. And there's a lady who surprised herself because we went through one of these transitions. And I think it was the transition into the darker months. And she said, she came along and she said, I thought I was going to hate it, right? I thought that I was really going to struggle yeah. because I don't, and she's, the, the, her old story was, I don't like the the winter. And she said, actually, should I realised that I love it. I love it. And what had changed for her, one, one of the things that had changed for her was being alcohol free. So she had this clarity that she didn't have before. And the other thing that was going on for her was, because she'd done so much work on being conscious, she'd expanded her awareness so far. She wasn't allowing herself to be run by the old stories. So she was just, she got really into this habit of adopting a beginner's mind. And mm. so instead of going into this transitional period with the stories running 
I've got in my head, I've got a picture of a cassette tip going <laughs> for the oldies. Um, but instead of having that tip running, she was just open. Like, I'm just open to what this is going to be like. And there you go. And her reflection then was like, wow, like I'd, I had no idea. So all this time I could have really loved the winter, but I was, you know, I had, I had something in the way of it. So kind of the big, the big um, shout out really is going to be to that in whatever way makes sense to you to introduce sort of ease and openness in your experience. When you hear that voice that's telling you, oh, God, here we go. Some bloody clocks are about to go. I don't know what they do. Back clocks, oh, God. Then just recognize that you're in control of that. Like you get to decide. And you don't have to try and rewrite it. You don't have to battle thought against thought. You can just allow those thoughts to dissipate and then be open to the the big reveal of what's behind it. Yeah. I think throughout society, we have a lot of um, ideas of, and kind of, they're, they're really innocent, but they're misunderstandings. We think that certain events, circumstances, time of year and times of year are in, are inherently something. So for example, you know, uh, this job is inherently stressful. This time of year is inherently fun and relaxing, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And the truth is that nothing's inherently anything. It, it is just a bunch of stuff out there, a bunch of data that we're interpreting. Um, and it may, we may interpret it like quicker than our kind of conscious mind. As you say, we might suddenly find ourselves noticing, oh, like I kind of just decided that, you know, January is going to be miserable because, that's that's the kind of thing that I've always believed or whatever. Um, and you just have to notice that and just ask yourself, well, is that true? Like, do I want to create something different? I wonder. I wonder if that's true. And and just and just go on that dance with it. Just sort of explore what comes up. And and it may be powerful to set some intentions, because here's the thing, you know, we we had this long um conversation about the difference between or the power of intentions and the innocent kind of uh limitations of expectations right so we kind of ex like if we expect something to be good or expect it to be not good that they, they, it can it can become problematic because we lock that in and the intentions that we set the intentions to discover to rediscover this season to rediscover the dark months to rediscover what you know i don't know spring is like to rediscover what fall is like all this stuff that can be very very powerful and can be like a can be a guiding light um because mm -hmm. i'm sure for many of us we're going to have all sorts of innocent expectations and stories about it and and maybe we've had like we're not i think it's maybe some things have happened that were really difficult um and 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 no when, there's no way that there's um it's not healthy to to sort of pretend that they didn't happen but this is a new season. This is a, a new period of your life. And it, you're not doing it wrong if it suddenly occurs to you that I don't want it. I don't want Christmas to be like that. I don't want January to be like that. I want I want to see I want to go on a journey and discover and I want to interpret this differently. I want to, you know, I want to walk into a new world that that seems really cool to me. And you're not. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is. I, I really like the word rediscovery. Yeah. 
because things change all the time, but we have like this obsession with, because the, the brain likes certainty, we have this obsession with knowing how it's going to be and ha- keeping things under control, keeping things the same, because then 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 we feel some element of, it, it's like, um, it's safety, but it's not really, it's not really, because we're not meant to, stay the same. Nothing stays the same. Everything's transient. And so that, like, it's understandable. We have this inbuilt need for safety, primal, but we're not just this body. And and actually, what's underneath that is a much deeper desire and a much deeper yearning to, to grow and to expand and to create and to discover the truth. So going into this period, like it's like a, like a blank canvas. What can you create for yourself? Wherever you're at, wherever, wherever you're at with drinking or not drinking, whether you have kids or not, whether you hurt your job or not, like what, what can you create in this period? What's, you know what? What's most important to you to discover? It's a, it, it it it's just it's it's so funny because we understandably get caught up all the time in the day to day stuff. And you and I were talking earlier on about I was <laughs> telling you all of the nonsense I'm fucking dealing with at the moment. But there's there's much bigger stuff at play, and we need to more regularly. remove ourselves from the minutiae and the, the the doing stuff so that we can really be in the place that oh god I don't even know how to describe it like because there's nothing to do there it's just being receptive that's it yeah I mean there's less to do Na- nature Nature doesn't make a problem of the change of seasons. We do that. Like yeah, exactly. a, yeah. a tree is an incredible teacher. It doesn't like create a story about losing its leaves once a year. And it also yeah. doesn't start whinging when it gets growing pains each spring or whatever, right? It's a it's just not a problem. You know, problems are by definition uh they're a creation of our they're our creation. There aren't any out there. <laughs> they're in here. Um and that's really worth knowing. So it can be the most beautiful thing. I often find it's really crazy how, you know, you can walk out on a, and, and you sort of get that, that day where you're like, oh, it feels a bit like autumn. Like you're the, 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 the data that's coming into your system is different. You know, the, the air quality is different. There's a mm. slightly different feeling to what's going on. And you're like, huh, shift. And we used to be us, us humans, we used to do all sorts of things that would quite literally feel like magic to to the average person these days so we used to just by default know oh the bird songs have changed oh i can hear larks i can hear this and and we would know that there was a shift in the seasons that stuff was changing and we would we wouldn't be you know we might know that things might be a bit more challenging we might need to find more warmth we might need to switch things up a bit but to the degree that we can actually accept adapt and take action is the degree to which we live in the flow of what's actually going on in nature and to the degree that we don't accept 
stay stay the same and <laughs> refuse to take action, whatever the chain of ev- events might be, we find ourselves in conflict with something which is neutral. Like the spring yeah. and the and and the fall or the autumn or whatever, they're not out to make us like feel shit. Like that's not what they're about. They're just it's just part of this like cosmic flow of stuff that's going on. So it's our our interpretation of this stuff that that, that kind of messes us up. And yeah, just knowing that's powerful enough, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's like the decision of how much do you want to suffer. Yeah, it's innocent, right? We'll do like mm. if we. It, it's and this is the thing until we see it, until we see how it works, it will make sense to us to do all sorts of stuff. Um, Cause it really looks like our experience is coming from outside of us. Like it really looks like that, but that doesn't make it, it doesn't make it true. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's interesting because it kind of flows into this other thing that I think a lot of people might feel around, whether it's a first autumn alcohol free, Christmas alcohol free or not. Um, there's this thing that a lot of people have happen, which is because there's a new set of like images and motifs and symbols and stuff. And, you know, for example, there's kind of gatherings around Christmas. Perhaps they were times where we used to drink heavily and things like that. I think people can, like they have an association with something and they have like a response at the level of the body, which is, oh, you used to drink at this time. Or perhaps there's some kind of ripple of feeling response or craving or whatever. And what people can do is innocently misinterpret that signal as, uh, you know, that it means, for example, that they're they're not as far along as they thought they were. Like, oh, you've got way more work to do. You're doing this wrong. And there's all these things that come up when actually it, it doesn't mean that at all. It's actually something entirely different going on. But I don't know if you want to add to that before we kind of dive in. Yeah. Well, I, I was saying to you earlier, I, I had exactly this conversation on a path call yesterday where you've got a bunch of people who have done an incredible amount of work on their beliefs with regards to alcohol and have really felt some shifts. Like one guy was saying to me, he said, like, I just, it's so weird. I don't, I don't want to drink anymore. Like I don't want it. Mm. Whereas he felt bound before. So this is the power of, awareness and working on your beliefs but there was a resounding uh, and and very relatable uh, happening that was like i i don't have the desire to drink but i want something and i'm not sure what that thing is like I, i feel it's almost like a craving like i feel um an urge but what's that all about? And and the the other thing, just to frame this, is that th- this uh, class are about to head towards taking a thirty day break together. So of course, there's um, a bunch of feelings going on, including things like apprehension and how's it going to go, and am I going to do it right, and and so on. Uh, but the the part of the conversation that we had yesterday was around like really understanding. The and, and and trusting in the work that you've done and in um, you know having faith in yourself because if if you are not wanting to like if you don't have that desire to drink then that that tells you everything that you need to know that and the the, the second part the and I want something else 
Well, that's natural because what you are doing is you are entirely shifting the way that you've always behaved. And there are all sorts of things that we're taking in at a sensory level all the time, things that, you know, we hear about triggers. So it, it is it is going to feel different, but it doesn't mean, like I think you were just saying, it doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. Actually, it means that you're doing it. If you want to say, you know, am I doing it right or wrong? Well, you're bloody well doing it right then. You are good. It is going to feel different, but that's a good thing. It's a really good thing. And in terms of the what, what the thing is, you can discover what it is that you really want. I think it's completely natural, right? I think if someone, for example, has had a two-month run and they've they've used that kind of language where they're like, oh, it's kind of scary, it's been scarily easily. I haven't really had a craving come out or any of that kind of stuff. And then something happens, and I don't know, they have thoughts of drinking or something like that. It can be very easy to interpret it at the kind of um, at the front door, which is kind of like at the very first level. It's like, oh, I in my mind, there were the words, huh, maybe you could have a drink. Now, it can be very, very easy to interpret that at that level. But the reality of it is, is it's very likely that there's something else going on. All that is, is a signal. There is something come up for you that at some level, you're just not quite sure you can open to yet but here's your opportunity right so the people often talk about situations like um everything's been absolutely fine and then i went out and i hung out with my uh friends for the first time for example and someone said something to me and i just you know i just found myself thinking about drinking for the night and i came back and i and i was my head was in a spin about it and 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 what they're doing is interpreting it at the at, at kind of level one when all that's happened is if we perhaps feel um, we might feel judged or there might be something that happens for us that brings something up for us that's really there for healing, it just wants out, mm. just wants, it's just like, hey, like, feel me. Like, um, we we will then do, or like, it will then make sense to the system to suggest the thing we've always done to avoid the things yeah. we've always tried to avoid. <laughs> so if, if, yeah, it may very much be that. And so it's an opportunity, it's an opening for you to, to feel and people often say well what the bloody hell am i supposed to do with that sam but the truth is it's not your job as in like it's not sam's job or ellie's job to kind of process that stuff it's there's a deep deep wisdom in the system that if we let things be and if we allow those feelings to move through us if we sit with them if we don't try and change them if we don't try and force them this way or that way let them be we will then find clarity um Mm -hmm. and things will look different to us and we may very well have healed something that might have wanted out for a long, long time. Yeah. Well, see, uh, see, father's delayed grief on my delayed grief over the death sure. of my father for details. That's exactly what happened. So I've gone a year alcohol free almost and got smacked around the chops with grief as raw as it was the day that he took his last breath. And my first, well, one of my first thoughts in this when I was right in the pit of it was, well, you could go downstairs right now. You have a whole wine rack full of wine that you didn't drink last Christmas. Mm. So t- you could just take it away right now. And that is because that's what I've always done. That's that's the only way that I've known to self-soothe, protect myself. And I've been terrified of feeling my emotions. So naturally, I'm going to think that. Um, the interesting thing was that I didn't, 
judge myself at the time for, oh, well, because the thing is, right, I've then trained to be a coach. I haven't then filled my head with a load of, well, that must mean that you're a shit coach then, mm. <laughs> you know, that, you, that you've gone back with. Like, I didn't tell myself any of that stuff. Uh, what I did was I, I met the thought and I had the I had enough wherewithal to say to myself, well, the answer was, and then what? And then what? Because I have tried to outrun this for 20 years and it hasn't gone anywhere. It's been suspended in the ether somewhere mm. <laughs> or in my body, most likely, as tension. So, and then what? And, and and in that moment, I remember there were two things that I knew. I didn't know how I was going to get through it. I didn't know how I was going to continue to include the intensity of it. But I knew two things. And not at a cognitive level, at a visceral level, I knew, one, number one, it will pass. It's not going to be like this forever. Don't know how long it's going to take. Now I know that I'm kind of, I do have some say in that. How much do I resist? But I knew it was going to pass. And the second thing that I knew was I could include it. I was capable of feeling it. I might not have wanted to feel it. That's a different matter. But I... I could, I could include it. And I didn't know, as I said, how I was going to do it. But that that surrender was all that was needed. And then, and of course, there is a story attached to that of, well, you know, yes, it did take a little bit longer. And there were certain things somatically that I did to aid the process and to ease my um, experience. But what ensued out of the other side of that was that grief that was very right that just wanted to be seen felt heard mm. embraced released it, it got to do its thing magically and I don't mean magically like just like poof I mean magically like it's a magical process it's beautiful and out of the other side of that the connection that I felt with my father was like it, it, like our relationship. Yes, he's no longer embodied, but our relationship kicked up a notch because that had been allowed, and it alchemized and became something else. How wonderful! Yeah, that's cool. so. This is what's open to us, but we, you know, we're coming from a place where and a society that doesn't encourage feeling our feelings because guess what here's a bunch of things that will that, that will take them away netflix chocolate donuts can you tell what i do in my spare time wine so not anymore <laughs> but, i mean this is the when i was uh a few weeks before this aired there is a there's a podcast that we put together that's gone out and it took me a little while to find the right words but the the title i went with was honoring grief because i feel like that's really got to the real heart of it. Um, and what I love about what you shared me is that's that to me is like an absolute, absolutely beautiful example of a deep spiritual insight. Cause you, that thing of like, I knew two things, you know, I knew it would pass. And like that stuff is like, you didn't know that before. And then suddenly you knew it. So it didn't come from your intellect. Like you'd been mm -hmm. attempting to, your intellect had been part of the process of keeping that thing down. But then from who you really are, from the heart of your being, you had a, a genuine, like almost like an update where, and, and the signal to that, you know, you'll have heard 
me say all the time, um, we're always doing the best we can. And I know you say that all the time. We're always doing what makes sense to us. Like as with our current level of understanding, like what my good mate Jamie puts it, um, suddenly in that moment, something kind of almost ineffable and amazing happened and your level of understanding changed in that moment. And you knew something that you didn't know before and what made sense to you changed in that moment. Yeah. And you know, I come back to that beautiful quote by Mr. Sidney Banks. If the only thing that people learn was not to be afraid of their experience, that alone would change the world. And at the level at level one, that's like, it sounds like, oh yeah, that would be nice if people weren't afraid so much, <laughs> but he's talking about something far greater. Like that's a big claim. It's very easy to kind of like hear that and move on. But, you know, from a pretty awakened bloke who's just like, if the only thing, right, if that was it, and if you think about it, if everybody knew it was safe to feel their feelings, experience what's coming through, and they'd be in alignment with the system, and those things would naturally process through the wisdom that's been given to us, everybody, no matter how high your IQ or low, we're not talking about that. Wisdom is not IQ-based. It's different. If everybody knew that, something different would happen. And so uh, this might be a really, I don't know how to kind of like, it occurs to me at this point, mate, because I think there will be a lot of people for whom one of the reasons that they dread this time of year is the kind of connections that they have to things that may have happened or and, and like around that, around Christmas and that kind of thing. And actually what we've just shared could potentially well i will be very if people really hear it at the level from which we're sort of putting it out there it, it will be very helpful um mm. and it's useful to know because you don't have to run away from this stuff it's uh yeah it's one of the gifts of the alcohol free journey if 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 you ask me that we mm. that we open up to these these new possibilities right mm. the greatest gift i think and it's okay if you're in this game of whack-a-mole, as I sometimes call it, where you, you take the alcohol out, and then you find yourself in this kind of relationship with food or this kind of thing. Like it, that, that's happening because there is there is something there that's just asking for for healing. It's asking to be held. Mm. Um, yeah. Nice. Nice. Is this a a good place to? Yeah, I think so. I do. I think so. One about something else. That sounds like a good idea. All right, team. Love you all. Watch out for the spiders. Get your peppermint spray out. Get your polos out. You can just tape polos to yourself instead if you want. Imagine that's a necklace. Keep them away from you. Yeah. Oh, there's a. Anyway, I was going to get into lost in something there. Never mind. Love you all. Talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.